Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. Testing. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know who's excited to be in the house of God. That worship was amazing. That's all I can say. I got some, some, some Jesus. You know, we all come here to worship Jesus. We all come here to, to lift up his name. But I'm super excited. You know, I thank God for this opportunity to be able to share the word of God. It's something I don't take lightly, you know. And um, firstly, you want to thank God for this opportunity. Thank the pastors always for giving me an opportunity to speak. But... Um, yeah, we have amazing events coming up. You definitely don't want to miss out on those. Um, but give a hand clap for worship today to the Lord. That was an amazing worship time. As the you kids exit as well, you kids are dismissed. <laughs> well, I want to go ahead and pray right before I begin. I always want to put God first. So we're going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the service, God. I thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of our hearts. God, I, th- I ask that you open our hearts, Father God, that our hearts be fertile ground for your word to, to rest, God, and to be sown, Father God, in our hearts. God, I pray that you use me, Lord, to speak your word, Father God. I ask that you anoint this service, you anoint this word, Father God, that every ear hear this word, God, and impact their lives. God, I ask that you do what you only can do, Father God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We ask that you continue to have your way. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. So we have been, this month of March, we've been preaching on the series on Along the Way, which we're all on a journey, right? We're all in our lives. We all we're going to be touching, I'm going to touch, be touching base on faith, reviving your faith. That's the topic for today, revive your faith. How many of us may feel like our faith can be dead at times? Or it could be getting a little, starting to get a little numb, or my prayer life isn't all the way there, or my fasting life is not all the way there, or just certain things in my life, I don't feel like I'm as close to God as I should be. I know I've definitely felt that way. Well, I know this is the word of God that God has given me to be able to share with each and every one of us today. And me, myself, I'm, I'm in the seat with you guys. Though I'm speaking here, I'm speaking to myself. God has ministered to me through this word, and I know, and I really believe God's going to minister today. Um, but the title today is Revive My Faith. Somebody say, Revive My Faith. Amen. Say that a little louder. Revive My Faith. There you go. Come on now. All right, so I'm going to do this little catchphrase thing. I'm going to say, along the way, and you guys would say, revive my faith. So throughout my sermon, I'm going to say, along the way, there you go. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm going to say, along the way, there you go. So that way you guys could proclaim that and believe that. You guys are declaring that. But today, God is really going to revive our faith. So I'm going to be walking through today the chapter of Luke 24. If you guys have your Bibles or your apps and we have it on the screen, I'm gonna, it's going to be on the story on the road to Emmaus. You might not know what that means or it may sound kind of weird, Emmaus, but I'm going to break it down for you guys. I want us to walk through 
put our shoes on and, and use our imagination today and put ourselves in the shoes of these followers of Jesus because we are followers of Jesus. And that's usually how I see the Bible. You know, we put our shoes, ourselves in the shoes of the people in the Bible, we start to be like, oh, snap, that's, they, they're going through the same things I'm going through because I'm struggling my faith, you know, and they're struggling their faith. And Jesus was there with them. So, you know, that's crazy. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, go ahead and start off on Luke 24, 13 through 34. It says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. They're talking about basically Jesus went on trial. He went on the crucifixion. This is... This is happening on Resurrection Day. I know we're not on Easter, but this is, this is on Resurrection Day, literally. So these two, these two followers were walking in the village to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. Uh, verse 15 says, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. So Jesus pulled up on them. Verse 16, but God kept them from recognizing him. Somebody say, God kept them. So God kept them from wrecking. So Jesus just pulled up with them. They were walking together, and they were talking about the things that just happened. And Jesus came and started walking with them. So he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? Along the way, along the way, revive my faith. Amen. <laughs> it's okay. As I know you guys are paying attention. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, along the way, revive my faith. As he's walking, Jesus asked him, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. The NIV says, they stood still with their faces downcast. How many times has that happened to us where we're literally walking with our faces down and we feel like hopeless and all we see is the ground, you know, and Literally, people buy us. I, I've, I know that's happened to me. Where when life is happening, you can't even acknowledge people, you know, and love them in a way because your faith is not all the way there. But this is how these, the, these followers were when they were walking with Jesus, and they stopped when Jesus started asking them, what are you discussing about? He says, you must be the only, they told him, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. They sound pretty frustrated, right? They're like upset, they're downcast, and Jesus is asking them about everything that's been happening, which is basically, it's like the Super Bowl is happening. Everybody knows that's going on when, you know, when in the city. Most people know that that's going on, or there's a championship, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Or today was someone's birthday. Oh, crap, I forgot, you know, or, but in this moment, they were frustrated. They were, remember, they have sadness written across their faces, and they're so downcast, and they, they ask Jesus, well, they tell him, like, how, how are you the only person that doesn't know about everything that's been happening? Like, Jesus went on the cross, he died, and he was, he was buried, he was in the tomb, and a little bit of backstory, actually, that, remember, this is on resurrection day. So the day before this, a few days before this, Jesus died on the cross. A week before this, these followers were saying Hosanna because a week before this was when Jesus came to the city and he came and they were worshiping him. But the week after, Jesus is on the cross and he dies. And all this is going on and they're like, man, like what? 
what, uh, where have you been? Have you ever felt like with someone, like, he's like, son, like, where you been? Like, all this has been happening. Where you been? So as they were sounding so frustrated, Jesus says, what things? You may ask yourself, God, Jesus is asking them this question, like, what things? Like, God knows everything, right? He knows all things. Jesus knows all things. And he was the one who actually died. <laughs> he's like him in disguise almost, and he's walking with them. He's seeing them sad, and sometimes us, when we're in our lives, Jesus does that because he wants relationship. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to get along with him. He sees that we're downcast. He sees you today that you might be feeling down in your faith. He sees, he joins you on your journey. The Bible actually says that God actually meets us halfway, more than halfway. Sometimes we think with God has to be 50-50, but actually he meets us more than halfway. Isn't that amazing that God goes sometimes 75%, I would even say 99%, we go 1% to God, like, like, I know, honestly, like, I don't pray every day as I should, but there's things that God always has his way of, of promoting our faith, inspiring faith within us. And speaking about faith, that's actually something I wanted to talk about. So faith, you know, the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So we don't walk by the things we do see. We walk by the things we believe in as Christians. Because if that were the case, we'd be, living, we'd be living pretty, you know, off of the things that are happening in this world. Oh, my gosh. If we see, if I look at the news every single day, I'll probably lose my mind. Or if I look at everything, all the bad things, you know, there's a lot of negativity that we can see. Actually, yesterday in Crossover, I shared a fact about the eyes. Your eyes, it's actually a fact that 80% of your learning comes from what you see. So that's pretty crazy when the Bible tells you, don't live by sight, you live by faith. That's why it's so important to live off the word of God. But it's so important that along the way you go on your journey, that you walk by faith, even though you don't recognize it. Remember, they were kept from recognizing God. Like how many times do we feel like we're in a new season or we're in a new chapter in our life and we don't recognize God? Like God, this wasn't the way I've, I... I feel like I'm praying the way I am, or I feel like I'm, I'm coming to church, or I'm coming to you. I'm doing the things I should be doing, and I don't recognize you, or I don't hear you. And he's still speaking. They still didn't recognize who Jesus was. But that's actually something I wanted to touch on is faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.6, it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So what, is it, what does this tell me? That God is pleased when we believe in him. But it's actually, this is something that God really opened my heart to, opened my mind to, is that many times we believe that we're just giving God all this stuff. You know, we're giving him our, our money, our tithes, we're giving him our life, we're giving him our hard work. And we, we're get, being consistent to God, and we feel like we're just giving, giving, and God, you might feel like God is taking. But the Bible says here, he is pleased when we give by faith, but when we receive, what we receive, and this scripture says, rewards. God is never one, God, it says, God is not self-seeking. The Bible says love is not self-seeking, right? So what does that mean? That means that God doesn't seek for you to come to church just so he could get the glory and he could be pleased. 
He wants to reward you. He always, there's always an exchange. When you're worshiping him, you get refreshed. That's why it's so important that we open up our mouths. The enemy's tactic is to keep our mouths closed, to stay in unbelief, to keep our heads down as they were walking on their journey. Jesus knew he had to come. Jesus knew even though at that moment the whole city of Jerusalem, they didn't believe. They, they, basically, Jesus was dead the day before that. Jesus was actually dead that day before that. Just imagine that. I mean, someone that you, you're really close to, someone you were learning about, you know, just dies in the next day. Imagine how downcast, how sad this was. Like, I know I've been in moments in my life where I've been just so downcast, and I'm just like, God, I really need you in this moment. And he comes without us recognizing him. So we need to be aware of God. And, and that actually brings us to our first point is talk about Jesus. Even in the moments that you feel like you may be downcast or you feel like you're sad or you feel like you're depressed or you feel like you're anxious, you feel like you're going through a panic attack, talk about Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Talk to your friends about Jesus. That's why it matters who you surround yourself to, who you surround yourself with, who you're speaking to. What are you talking about? That's the greatest investment you can ever make. Talk about Jesus. He is life himself. So when you're speaking life in your conversations, better than any conversation you could ever have is talking about Jesus. That's why the people I have in my circle, I only want them to talk about Jesus. You know, whether it's, it's I don't want to be talking about these other things. I want to be talking about Jesus. You know, what, what, what is he doing in my life? The work of the Lord. What, who is Jesus? But like I was saying, faith, it's important for us to have faith. And you talking about Jesus is a form of faith because you're believing in Jesus. You're talking about someone who you can't see, someone who died 2,000 years ago. We're all here standing because we believe a man died 2,000 years ago for us. That's faith. When you get your paycheck, you, feel, you know your paycheck's coming on Friday, this day. You have faith that your paycheck's going to get to your bank account, right? Or you have faith with a relationship. You know, you have faith this person is going to do something when they tell you they're going to do it. We all have faith every single day. But what are you putting that faith on? Let me tell you, if you put your faith on Jesus Christ, that's going to that's gonna give life to all that you are. You know, that's going to elevate your faith. That's going to really drive you to please God and eventually get rewards. Because God, that's, what, that's God's promise to us in that verse. It says that, he exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Sincerely seek him. Are we sincerely looking for him? Or are we looking for our own things? Are we looking for our own desires? But the Bible actually says faith comes by hearing. So today your faith is being built up as I speak. Because I'm talking about Jesus. Every day you come to the you group, every day you come to hear the sermon, the word of God, your faith is being built up. It's literally like a tank, a gas tank. Nobody want to go to the gas because <laughs> these gas prices are crazy now. <laughs> but literally, that's what you do when you come to church. You're, you're, you're connecting your tank to get filled in your faith to, to the Bible. But the, the purpose of all this, of what you see, remember, is for you to go do it on your own. Sincerely seek him in your house. Sincerely seek him in your time of prayer for yourself. You want to know who Jesus is for yourself. But continue on with the story. Along the, along the way, 
Revive my faith. Amen. I don't know if I'm going to continue with that. <laughs> I'll just put that to the side. But the things, uh, remember, Jesus says, what things? As they're walking, remember, there's, there's two followers. They're walking. Jesus joins them. And he says, what things? What things are you talking about? Basically, what's going on? They say the things, this is verse um, 19 on Luke 24. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our, leader, our leading priests and our religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Verse 21, look at this. It says, we had hoped that the, he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. So they hoped, their hope was lost. It says, we had hope, past tense. We had hope. How many of us have said, man, we had hope God came in this way. We had hope that God did this in, in my family member. Oh, I'm still, I'm losing hope that my family can be saved. I'm losing hope that he can heal me. I'm losing hope that he's going to come through. And it says, we had hope. He was the Messiah. He's dead now. That's what they believe. He's dead now. Remember, in this, this, um, in this story, in the morning, actually, Mary and a group of people, disciples went to the tomb and they found out that it was empty. And they heard about this. And they're like, man, now, now we know he died. The tomb's empty. I don't even know what to believe. He said he was going to rise, but he's, they believe he's dead. But they had hoped he was a Messiah. And, and the Bible actually says that they, they wanted, they, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but they thought Jesus was going to come a certain kind of way. They didn't think he was going to come as a servant. They thought he was going to come on a crown. He was going to come with a horse. He was going to overthrow the Roman Empire because at the time, the Roman Empire was basically ruling over everything. They were getting their taxes. It's kind of like the government now. They thought Jesus in, in, the, in the present day was going to come and overthrow Biden. He was going to come and, 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 and be the president you know, or, or be the ruler of the world, but he didn't come like that. And In our moments, he, he, in this moment, they say, we had hoped that he, that he was the Messiah, that he was going to rescue us. We, we didn't know he was going to come and die. You know, that wasn't what we were expecting. And just putting yourself in the shoes of the followers of Jesus in this moment. Remember, they're downcast. They have sadness written across their faces. And Jesus has joined them. This reminds me of a story, actually, that I had at my job. I used to work at a at a, another college, and I wasn't making my numbers. I was, every day I was pushing myself really hard. I was doing the best that I can, and it got to the point, and I say this out of an outside perspective, if that makes sense. At the time I was there, it was just days and days that I would go just being numb. Now, I had my head down. I didn't know that, though. I didn't know I had my head down. One day in the bathroom, weird, in the bathroom, <laughs> In the bathroom, I was washing my hands, and the, pres the principal of the school, he comes and he, 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 we always had conversations in the bathroom, which is funny, but they were always inspirational. They were always, so I always, I kind of look forward to it, you know, just to be able to hear his voice. But that day, um, that was one of the first times he inspired me, and that changed, that was a life-changing moment. I was washing my hands, and um, remember, I'm, I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling, I'm trying my best, and every moment I feel like I'm going to lose my job. 
Like, I'm trying. I feel, I'm, I'm fearing that I'm going to lose my job. I feel like I don't qualify to do this job. Yo, I'm trying to make the phone calls to try to get students in because I work as an advisor. I'm trying to get all these appointments in. But in this moment, he tells me, the principal comes and he tells me, he says, he asks me, why are you so defeated? Why do you have your head down? He starts asking me these questions, and I'm like, like kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, you've been walking around the hall like with your head down. You've been um, really looking real defeated. There's no enthusiasm. He knows me. I'm, I'm really enthusiastic. I'm always there. But the past few days, he tells me, why are you looking so defeated? And he started to speak life into me. And he started to tell me, you're, like, you're, you need to simplify it. You know, simplify it. Don't overstress yourself. He was telling me, he, he, he used basketball analogies because he was a ref before and he knows. That. So that made sense to me. He was talking to me like, like admissions, my job was like basketball. He's like, you got to think of it like basketball. You, you got to give it your heart. You got to give it your best. You got to have the discipline and have a behavior to pick up the phone just like you're shooting the shot. Every time you have a student, you come in, you got to walk them like a six-year-old through every single step. Make sure they get their fasted done. Make sure you do this. And it's literally like, like babies. You have to, when you bring a baby to the free throw line in a basketball court, you're not going to be over here like, all right, you know, making it all difficult for them. He's saying you got to, you know, kind of take it easy. He kind of slowed down my world for me. He's saying, you know, you teach them how to shoot. A six-year-old, you're there with them, but you're enjoying the moment as you're going through it. So in this moment, my faith was really lifted up. And I felt like that moment picked my head up. I feel like God really used him to, to lift up my faith. And many times that's us. We don't realize that we can be walking with our heads down. We don't realize that we're defeated or we're faithless, that we have unbelief. But you got, remember, faith without, you can't please God without faith. And there's no rewards for you either. So what, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, that's what the enemy wants you to be. In a place of defeat. In a place of despair. In a place of anxiety. But there's chains are broken when you talk about Jesus. That's the first step. That's one of the steps. So moving on with the story, they were talking about who Jesus was. Many times in a moment, remember, they're, they're feeling really defeated. Jesus responds in this way. He says, in verse 25, it says, Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people. Hold up. I'm going to pause right there. I'm, I'm feeling defeated. And Jesus is going to tell me, You foolish people. He's telling the followers, You foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. He's telling them, Yo, di didn't I say in my Bible that I'm going to come and do this, this, and this? And he tells them that. Remember, if it were me, I probably might get a little offended. You know what I mean? Maybe there might be a little offense there, but I want to encourage you. Don't allow the words of the Lord to offend you, but challenge you to build faith in you. My sheep know my voice. It's like a father when he corrects you. You know behind the, the kind of the rough, the roughness, there's love there. And it's for a purpose to, to correct, to really lift you up. I could definitely confess to that when people have been a little harder on me, it's made me want to like move. It's made you want to get out that place that you feel like you're glued to and you can't move out of. And in this moment, Jesus says, you foolish people. That's one of the translations. And that's Jesus. Remember, he's reviving our faith. If you look in the story little by little, he's reviving the faith. He says, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe. How many times do we feel like it's so hard to believe something? 
to believe, to believe. Because we can show up, but I think believing is, is it goes way beyond what just us being here. Kind of like Pastor Margarita was saying, we could come to church but not be in church. You could live life but not be in life, if that makes sense. You could be numb to the world, but Jesus corrects because he loves. The Bible says he, he, lo- he disciplines those he loves. It says, my sheep know my voice. Basically, he's the shepherd and we're his sheep. When he speaks to us, even beyond the little offense that might come, he might check us, that makes us want to go further. That makes us want to know, wait, 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 why is he correcting us? You know, instead of being like walking away, all right, you know, Jesus, you could, you could talk to somebody else. But, you know, maybe sometimes we're like that with Jesus. Sometimes we're like that with people who love us and correct us. And we're walking along and they'll be like, you foolish people. Nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. No, I don't want to talk to you. I know that's how I am, but stay the course. Stay along the journey. Stay there and listen. Remember, faith comes by listening. Go beyond that offense. Let that offense go right over your head and keep listening. And look at what it says after that. That's why it says, well, I want to bring this verse. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You don't need to understand everything. You don't need to, to, that's where faith comes in, a trusting, trusting. Faith is trusting in God. Continue with verse 26. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Jesus is telling them. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Remember, they don't recognize Jesus. These two, these two people, one is called Cleopas. The other one, the Bible doesn't mention the name. Some people say that that might have been his wife. And they were arguing. And some people say that might have been just another follower. There's many different things people say. But we know in the Bible says there's two followers. And they're following Jesus. So they're going along. Jesus is with them. And it says, Jesus was explaining all from all the scriptures the Old Testament, things concerning himself. Remember, they don't recognize him. He's talking about himself the whole time. So this is what Jesus kind of gets at. Times when we can't point to Jesus, he points to himself. Times when we're like, hey, we tell our friends, hey, remember to pray. Hey, uh, we're trying to encourage people. But the moment we can't encourage and lift up ourselves... Many times we think we can encourage ourselves beyond this point. I got it. No, I got it. I'm going to read a verse. No, I got it. I got my devotional life. Oh, no, I'll just read my devotional. No, I got it. I'll pray for myself. I know I got my own prayer life. But the moment where you can't even ask for prayer from someone or the moment you can't even encourage yourself, Jesus himself points, joins you on a journey and points to himself. How amazing is that? To say, hey, I'm, I'm your savior. I'm the, one, I'm the Messiah who came to save you. And, and literally, I looked it up, seven, remember, they're walking seven miles, road to Emmaus, Jerusalem, seven miles. Uh, this website, I, I did a calculator of timing of the process of, of walking. So relaxed pace is like two hours. So seven miles is like about a good two hours and something, basically two hours. This is a two-hour walk where Jesus broke down the Old Testament. He would say, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm here in Psalms. I'm here in Genesis. I'm right here. And he's not saying, he's saying Jesus. He's not saying me. Because remember, he's speaking about Jesus. But he's explaining. Remember, this is building a faith. He's speaking scriptures. Remember, the word of God talk about Jesus. Jesus himself is talking about Jesus. 
And I know many moments in my life where I couldn't be like, he's the one. He's the one in my life. He's the reason I exist. He's the reason I have the job that I have right now. He's the reason that I'm right here living and breathing because of my testimony, right? All of us, he points to himself. When I'm looking down, he's the one who points to himself and it makes you want to look. Because that's what Jesus does. Jesus has a way of, of having a magnet. He kind of magnets us with his love. When, even when we're looking down, it's like our face is pulled to him because he's the most beautiful ever. You know, he's the one, he's the, he's the definition of beauty. You know, beyond anything more beautiful that you've ever seen or experienced, he draws us to look at him. But in this moment, he's, he's speaking about things concerning himself. He starts talking uh, the whole journey, two hours. Then um, moving forward, he says, yeah, he says basically, um, sorry, I got lost in the notes. Um, Wasn't it predicted that the Messiah would have come to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? And he starts speaking about himself. He points to himself, and that's what God's love is. It goes beyond what we can ever do. It goes beyond, because faith is, is outside of what we can do. You know, it's, it's beyond us. Once we did everything, we can control. Because how many know we can't control all things? Sometimes we try to control things we really can't control. We try to change things we can't really change. So many, many times I want to be able to, my, my lost family members, my lost friends, my coworkers, I wish they knew what I knew about Jesus Christ. I wish people knew and could get, get into my head and see what I see or, or literally live in the Bible or bring them to church and literally like grab them and bring them, you know, to Jesus. But I can't do that. That's out of my control. All I can do is pray. There's things that we can't do that only God can do. And that's when you rest, when you have faith in God. When you pray for that lost family member, you say, God, save them. I believe that you're going to remember. I believe. I'm not saying, God, please, can you? God, his, he scoots up from his throne when he hears someone speak by faith. He's like, wait, was that my daughter? She's saying, she's, she's speaking by faith because she believes in me. She believes in me. And, and God literally scoots up and he sends his angels to go and according to our prayers. That's how it looks in heaven. When we start to say, God, I believe you're going to come through. I believe you're going to provide. Even though maybe you might not have, let's say you have a few dollars in your bank account or let's say something like that. And you, you have so much faith that God's going to come through and you're going to be all right. The word of God says, if he takes care of the birds in the air, he'll take care of how much more will he take care of his children? How much more will he take care of you? So he loves you so much to the point where he'll go beyond. That's the love of God. Ain't nobody in this world has ever done that for me. My parents, they can have gone you know, done so many great things for me, but I have come to the understanding that God goes a million times over than what my parents have ever done to love me. I can never love myself the way he loves me. I can never love myself the way they love me. Even all the people in this world, seven billion peoples combined, the love all together, the best form of love they could do, that's still not enough of how much God loves you. His love continues, it's endless, it expands. And that's why... Why wouldn't we have faith in a God like this? And moving on to, to the next part, which is in verse 28. You could put on the worship, Kevin. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. So they're getting closer to the end of the road, the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. Listen to this. Jesus 
they were walking on the journey. They're seven miles. They walked for a good two hours, and he's a stranger to them. Remember this. And he was going to keep going. He's going to keep going. It's literally like if they were talking with him, the two followers are like, oh, yeah, thank you. Like Jesus is like, oh, in, in verse 6, yeah, this says, and then, all right. He just keeps going. He keeps going. He doesn't stop. But what is that doing? It's causing us to hunger for him. It's causing us, man, like this, per, this stranger just told me all these scriptures, and I feel like my head was just picked up. I feel like my faith was just built. I want more of this. And that brings me, and look at what it says. And Jesus acted as, as if he was going to continue to go, but they begged him to stay. And they said, they begged him to stay. He was going to keep going, but they begged him to stay. And it says, stay the night with us since it's getting late. This is on resurrection day. He says, stay the night. How amazing would that be if Jesus came to our U-turn service? If physical. If Jesus came to U-turn Orlando service right now, he walked through these doors. He, maybe he would sit in the back. Maybe he'd be there during service. Or maybe he might bring the word. He probably would bring the word. But we might not know who he is. He'd probably leave himself. He does that a lot in the Bible. If you read the Bible, different parts in the Bible, he keeps himself from being recognized. He's like, he tells his disciples, wait, don't tell the people who I am. I want them to know who I am for, them, for themselves. And he comes to the service. He comes to U-turn service. Let's say he comes to U-turn service. After service is done, I want him to come over. I want, I'm going to beg Jesus to come to my house. I don't care if my house is a mess. I'm going to tell Jesus, Jesus, you could come to my house. I know it was a great service and everything. This is what the followers are doing. You could come to my house. They beg. Like many times we, we have a little bit of pride and arrogance and we say, I don't beg. I don't beg anybody. I get my own things. But in this moment, they, they didn't care. Who cares? I want Jesus. They said, stay the night with us. Stay the night with us. Like you just, uh, you just bless us up with his word. Like come, we want to make sure you have a place to stay, things to eat. So that's our second point. Be desperate for Jesus. Be desperate for Jesus. And another verse in Luke 24, 29, the Good News translation says, but they held him back. How many times in our life do we hold God back? Or do we just like the average, I got what I need and I'm good to go? I want more. I don't know about you guys, but I want more of God. I don't want the bare minimum. I don't want just to be an average Christian. I don't want just to be enough. I want more of God. I don't want to just pray for this amount of time. I want to go more. That's the greatest investment you can ever make into yourself. It's the greatest investment that you could do. And they didn't even know this. Remember, they didn't recognize him still. They still think he's a stranger. It's a form of hospitality. They said, stay. And this actually connects with another story in the Bible, Samaritans. So I'm going to briefly share this. There was a group of, of people called Samaritans. Jesus, long story short, he, he, he was at this well. He met with this lady who was coming to the well. He ended up saying he was the Messiah. They had an encounter, and she didn't know who he was. And she, he, she found out he was the Messiah. And she went to go tell the whole city that this was, this was the Messiah. And look at what happens. After, after she tells the city, it says, Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said he told me everything I ever did. And then it says, when they came out to see him, 
when he was brought to the city, because he was a little bit out in the well, the well will usually be out of the city, they begged him. They came out to see him. They begged him to stay in their village. They begged Jesus to stay. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Many more, because they asked him to stay, many more believed. Imagine if we asked Jesus to stay in our lives a little longer, how many more will believe because of our lives? The way we walk with Jesus. Look at what it says here. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many to believe, and then it says, then he said to the woman, now they said to the woman, the Samaritans, their people, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, not because I told you this morning, not because anybody in the church told you, but because we heard him ourselves. We heard Jesus ourselves. He was in the city with us because we asked him to stay. I, wanted, I don't want an encounter that they have. I don't want the encounter that my parents have had. I don't want the encounter with Jesus. Like if we're here talking about Jesus, I want Jesus for myself. Jesus all to myself. And they say, we believe because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So be desperate for Jesus along your journey, even if you're downcast, even after he speaks a little bit of word. It's never enough. The Bible is a fountain. It keeps flowing, it's flowing, it's flowing, and it doesn't, it never stops. Our tanks run empty. Our relationships run empty. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. He'll continue to pour out. And that brings me to my last point. Remember Jesus. Remember, as they asked him to stay in the story, he went home with them. So Jesus went home. They sat down. They eat. They went to eat bread. So they, they brought Jesus into their home. And they went to eat bread. And what Jesus does, he eats with them. He Remember, he comes as a visitor. And this I found kind of weird because in the Bible, he when they're about to eat... He takes the bread and he breaks it. He, pray, he thanks God for the bread. He breaks it and then he shares it. In the Bible, Jesus does this about four times in his life. I'd probably say more out of what I found. He did it when he fed the 5,000. I don't know if you guys know the story about the 5,000. He broke the bread and shared it. It's like a custom. He broke the bread and shared it. And then after that, the 5,000. He, he fed 5,000 people. He, he prayed for the bread. He thanked God for the bread. He broke it and he shared it. And then the third time, the, the Last Supper, before he was going to die, he gathered his disciples and they got on the table and he broke the bread. He thanked God for it and he shared it. Now here comes the fourth time. He does the exact same thing. These are his followers. Remember, my sheep hear my voice. It's like you know God. He does it once again. They said, the Bible says once they, they did this in, in the verse, it says, basically, they remembered Jesus. They recognized him in that very moment. Once he did that, they recognized him. And what this means, you might say, what does breaking bread even mean? What does that even see? And we've heard it, you know, many times, break bread, share. That's an example that God puts. But it is a symbolism, like in the Last Supper, Jesus is the bread of life. He was broken for us so that we may live. He, was, he died on the cross so we may live. So in this moment, the disciples, they, they seen Jesus break the bread. And they remember, I can only imagine, can you imagine just being in that chair and you, 
you remember all these things that you were following Jesus, man, he, all the 5,000 people, oh my gosh, all the 4,000 people. I don't know if they were in the Last Supper because I don't know if that was more intimate, but it just it reminded them of all of Jesus and who he was. They remembered Jesus. They remember that he's the bread of life, even when I'm down. And, and what this brought me to, look, look at what it says in the scripture. It says, they, once they recognized him, their eyes were open. And once their eyes were o- was open, it says, and at that moment, Jesus disappeared. Isn't that crazy? Like, they, they, they didn't recognize him when they could see him. And once they recognized him, he left. What does that do? It prov- it, it kind of, prov- not provokes you, but it, it, it inspires you to faith. It inspires you when you're walking with him and you don't recognize him. And once you recognize him, then you're like, he's not here. It's literally like if you walk and it, it's like a switch. Jesus is not there anymore. But Jesus knows what's enough for you to remember him. Even this morning, I believe he's reminding you of times that he was with you. Those moments that he encountered you. And if you haven't had that, I believe he wants to encounter you this morning. And look at this. So he went home with them. They sat down to eat. He took the bread. He blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And they remember Jesus breaking the bread. As Jesus, his body was broken for us. Nobody else has ever done that. Who in your life has died for you? Only him. That's the only love. He's the only love that's ever done that for you. And their eyes were open. They recognized him. And look at what happens after that. They said to each other, after he's gone and the bread is broken in front of them and they're just looking around. I can only imagine. They say to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? As he talked on the road and he explained the scriptures to us. How many times has this happened? When we're in doubt and we're kind of iffy and we hear the scriptures and we're, we're doubting to believe or not. Inside of you, know that your spirit's burning. Even though your flesh doubts, even though your mind might be on a, on a train or it might be a little like an a, 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 like a engine, just gears, just turning and nonstop. Inside of you, faith goes beyond. It goes beyond what you can feel. It goes beyond what you can ever imagine. And look at didn't our hearts burn within us? So within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They were found. There they found the 11 disciples. They went back to tell everybody, yo, Jesus was just with us. Peter, when you went over there to the tomb this morning and the resurrection day, he was there. He was actually, he's alive. Because we just were with him. We just recognized him. And that, that really drove them to share their faith back in the cycle to talk about Jesus to be desperate for Jesus because you wouldn't go somewhere travel Jerusalem remember Jerusalem seven miles back they probably ran seven miles back it says instantly what does it say instant within the hour they were on their way back they just walked seven miles how are you going to walk seven miles back desperation will only let you make you do that so what stood out to me was didn't our hearts burn within us as everybody stands and as I'm concluding the message didn't my heart burn within us and this made me think of man sixth grade God when I was I was in the surgery room and I was looking I was scared for my life didn't my heart burn with me even though I don't recognize you and I was in complete fear and I thought 
I didn't know what was going on. They told me that I could possibly die in my early 20s. Didn't I, didn't my heart burn within me even when I didn't believe? You might, you might picture yourself, and you guys could go ahead and close your eyes and remember Jesus. Remember the time when, when you were in the hospital. Remember the time where that miracle came through. Remember the time that Je Jesus has never left you. He's never left you nor forsaken you. He's been there along the road even though you haven't been fully believing, fully there. Jesus says, I'm going to meet you more than 75%. I'll meet you whatever I need to do. I'll do whatever I need to get you back to me. Jesus will do whatever he, he needs to do to save the one. It's not always a sinner. I really believe it's, it's the one, the lost. We can get lost sometimes along the way in our thoughts, in our belief system, in our jobs, in the, in the, the things in life. And God is re refocusing us to him. Didn't our hearts burn? Didn't my heart burn when I thought I was going to die? Didn't my heart burn when I was downcast and I had sadness written through my face? Didn't my heart burn when he was with us the whole time? And God today is reviving your faith. God, God today is saying, I'm reviving your faith. What God can do in a matter of our life, he could do it in a snap of a finger. 70 years, God could do that in a snap of a finger. Nothing's impossible for God. He's going to restore things. Whatever you feel like the enemy has stolen from your life, no matter your devotional life, maybe a family member, maybe a loved one, or maybe a way of, of blessings, maybe anything. God is restoring all things today. How many believe that in Jesus' name? Just begin to talk to Jesus. We're here for him. Raise your hands and thank him. For the faith that he's giving, he's reviving your faith, a bold faith. The power of God, that we are unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God in our lives. And Jesus, in this moment, I pray for every person in this room, God. And if you feel in your heart and you want to take a step of faith to come up, I'm not going to pray for you, but if you feel in a step, uh, 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 a tug at your heart to just come up and speak to the Lord out of a step of faith saying, I'm stepping in faith for you to revive my faith. I'm going the extra seven miles back because I don't want to compromise to just the seven miles. I don't want to be an average Christian. God, I want more. I want more of your fire. I don't want my heart to burn and to, to not be consumed fully. I don't want to be put out in the, in the night, throughout the daytime, like a campfire. God, I pray you set me ablaze. I want my heart to burn for you. I'm tired of being with my face down. I'm tired of being defeated. Lord Jesus, join me on my journey. So I just say if you feel led to come up front and just out of an act of faith, say, Jesus, revive me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, refresh me. Jesus, I need you in this moment. Jesus, this is a beautiful name. Even if you don't have anything to say, God doesn't need to hear a whole lot of prayer. All he wants you to want. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.